In Psalms 5.12, it says, For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Now, I want you to notice there are two words here, blessing and favor. You cannot separate the blessing of God from the favor of God. If you have the blessing of God upon your life, then you also have the favor of God upon your life. Amen? Amen. Now, it is true that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So the blessing is ours. It's not a question of trying to get it or try to obtain it. It's just simply declaring and believing, I am blessed. Now, one of the key verses about the blessing is what God spoke to Abram. He said, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. So in that context, he's talking about, I'm going to bless you with an abundant increase of favors, the blessing and favor. Then he says, I'm going to make your name distinguished and famous, and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. Amen. So we are a blessing here at Heart of the Bay. As we have 56 people going out for our home missions endeavor into San Francisco next week, we believe that we are a blessing and that we are here to dispense good to other people. Is that right? It's going to be an awesome, awesome outreach. So simply put then, the blessing of God is an empowerment to prosper, to succeed, to excel, to increase, to multiply, and to rise above what attempts to hold you back or hold you down. Proverbs says it like this, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Simply put, Rich does not just mean abundance of money, abundance of wealth. But when you're rich in God, you're rich in your spirit. There's nothing better than the blessing of God upon your life that in the midst of a chaotic society, you and I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. It is a blessing to do what we're doing this morning. To worship the Lord, to magnify the Lord, and to be in His presence. Did you know that the gift of the Holy Spirit is part of the blessing upon your life? The ability to pray fervently. The ability to pray effectually. The ability to be able to pray beyond your understanding, from your spirit, out of your spirit, and offer your supply of prayer to this nation? To what just happened in Chattanooga? Is a blessing. You know, when I was growing up, I didn't know how to pray. Oh, yeah, I recited prayers, but they didn't come from my heart. They came from my head. Oh, what a blessing it is to be saved and filled with the Spirit and not to be at a loss for what to do and how to pray. We know that we can pray fervently because of the blessing of God upon our life. So do not limit this blessing just to finances. The blessing of God. Listen, friends, it is the joy of the Lord. Even in the midst of difficult times, the joy of the Lord will strengthen you. Hallelujah. And there is a big difference between worldly wealth 
and being rich in God. Let me just share with you a couple of differences, if you will. Worldly wealth is about self. Godly wealth is about serving God and others. Worldly wealth's motivation is for accumulation and acquisition. But the believer's motivation for accumulation is distribution. The worldly rich use people to get things, but the godly rich, that's you, we use things to love people. We love people because God so loved the world. And we are fully persuaded that he absolutely loves us. And with that blessing in our lives, we cannot help but be a blessing to other people. Say it me, I am empowered to prosper that I may be a blessing. Now this is part of my message, so don't, uh, don't get nervous. We're not going to be here all day. In Deuteronomy 28, it says, The Lord, He will command the blessing upon you in your storehouses. If you're believing God for surplus and increase and you do not have a savings account, go open up one tomorrow. And in all that you set your hand to, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord thy God has given you. Here's what I say. Happy and fortunate is the life whose God's commanded blessing is upon. In the book of Psalms, chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Salvation belongs to the Lord. He said, Thy blessing is upon thy people. You've got something on you that never comes off. Now, when I go home this afternoon after having a nice lunch, I'll take this coat off and I'll hang it in my closet. But, oh, thank God, the blessing of God never comes off my life. And the blessing of God never comes off your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, the blessing of the Lord is upon your life. So say this with me. The blessing of God empowers me to prosper. And the favor of God provides ample opportunities to cause it to come to pass. Point your finger at yourself and say, and I am. I'm in a season where those opportunities are unprecedented. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God. I got got good news for you, Mark. You're blessed. And the favor of God's upon you. You ought to tell yourself that every day. Everywhere I go, I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city, P.T., And I'm blessed in the field. I'm the head and not the tail. How about you? Are you the head and not the tail? How about this section over here? Are you above only and not beneath? Talk regularly 
about you being blessed and you having favor upon your life. And you will see the favor of God show up everywhere and in everything you do. (laughs) Sometimes it doesn't look like it. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. But we don't walk by look like and feel like. We walk by faith and not by sight. And we declare because the blessing is on us and the favor of God goes before us. Say it with me. My future is bright. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning and touch and agree as asking, Lord, for you to give utterance, for you to speak to us through your word and by your spirit. We pray, Lord God, that the saints of God, the believers, those that are in attendance would be edified. They'd be exhorted. They'd be comforted by the scripture. We pray that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light and our hearts would be strengthened. Lord, we declare that as we leave this place later today, we'll not be the same as we came in. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. Just want to let you know that the outlines of the services are at the back table. Now, we failed to get last week's outline out there this week. Pastor Kimberly's done a great job outlining And so we'll have last week and then this week available for you, hopefully by Wednesday night or for next Sunday. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1, and notice with me in verse 18 and 19, he says, You know that in the past you were living in a worthless way, a way passed down from the people who lived before you. But you were saved from that useless life. You were bought not with something that ruins like gold or silver, But you were bought with the precious blood of Christ, who was like a pure and perfect lamb. You know, it is possible to live a worthless and a useless life. You know, life is very brief, is it not? And uh, when you're only doing worthless things and useless things, here's what happens. You start to feel that way. And that can be miserable. And that can be tormenting. I'm not looking at a group of people that are worthless and useless. Our preciousness, our value is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. You know, the American dream is kind of a lie, really. You know, you work all your life and then you save up enough where you can go fishing a little bit. You can do a little golfing. You can do a little shopping and you can travel some. And I'm not against any of those things. How about you? But if that's all you're doing with your life, you're going to feel worthless. You're going to feel useless. That is not what we have been created for. The Lord has planned a useful and a worthwhile life for us. For example, in Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says this. It says, I know the plans that I've got for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So I exhort you as your pastor... Seek the plan of God, find the plan of God, and fulfill the plan of God. Amen? So, we've been talking about our identity. And our principle is this, is that if our identity is based on anything that we can lose, it's based on the wrong thing. It absolutely makes you vulnerable. Because when it's gone, you lose a sense of who you are and who are you. So people have their identity based on a lot of unsure things. Their looks, their strength, you know, their position. What we want to center on this morning 
is never base your identity on a bunch of stuff, on a bunch of possessions. So let's look over at Luke chapter 12, if you would. Luke, the 12th chapter. We cannot escape an identity crisis unless we are children of God, emphasis, and knowing Jesus and knowing who we are in Christ and whose we are in the family of God. When you find out who you are in Him and who Christ is in you, when you discover that, it'll never be taken away from you. It's not like flesh. It doesn't fade. A thousand years from now, you will forever be his workmanship. A hundred thousand years from now, you will forever be his child. A million years from now, you will ever be redeemed, purchased by the blood of the Lamb, the righteousness of God in him, and having victory in your life. Hallelujah. There can be no identity theft from the devil when you know who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. And friends, what that does is that anchors your soul real good. Now Luke chapter 12. And our point is this morning, our identity ought not to be in our stuff. Ought not to be in the big house. Ought not to be in the nice car. Who are you without the house? Who are you without the expensive clothes? Who are you without your jewelry? You know, if you lose your house, you lose your jewelry, you lose your country club membership. Who are you? Nothing wrong with having those things. But you better have your act together and know who you are in Christ. Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 15. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Evidently, there was some sort of an inheritance fight. Now, I've never been in an inheritance fight, but if you're in one, let me tell you right now, it ain't worth it. Just trust God. Verse 14. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Verse 15. Read it with me. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. Now, the new NLT says this, Beware and guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. The message translation says, Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. So what is covetousness? Covetousness simply is the immoderate desire for wealth It is the greedy longing to have more. It is the insatiable craving. It is the greed for lust for more at the expense oftentimes of other people. At the expense of others. I want to tell you right now, the lust for money and lust for things can bring a lot of trouble to your house. Solomon said it like this. A greedy man brings trouble to his own house. We could say that covetousness is a strong desire for things that exceeds now 
a desire for God. There ought not to be anything stronger in my life and in your life than a desire for Him. A desire for Him. Because when you desire Him, He will do for you what you could never do in and of yourself. When you desire Him and you seek Him, He will promote you. He will cause you to rise above the things of this life. Oh, glory to God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now listen to this in the message of Matthew 6, 24. He says, you can't worship two gods at once. Loving one God, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. Now we read during the offering, and we understand that God is not opposed to us having some things. He's not opposed to us being rich. He is opposed to us being covetous. And that has to do with the love of things and the love of money. You know, this verse of Scripture in 1 Timothy 6 6 is often misquoted. People quote it and say, well, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. There was a guy that was kind of cultic. I think it was kind of funny the way he said it. No, he said the lack of money is the root of all evil. (laughs) You think about it. There's a lot of crimes being committed because of the lack of money. But money in and of itself is not evil. It depends on whose hands it's in. I mean, you put hands in the money of Tony, it's in a safe place. You put money in the hands of Paul, it's in a safe place. Amen? Now, Brother Luan, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, thank God. Can God trust us with money? It's not a matter of having possessions. It's a matter of do possessions have us? Don't allow yourself to be possessed with possessions. Let's get God possessed. So it isn't money or the lack of money that's the root of all evil. It is the love of money that is at the root of all evil. And you don't have to be a, have a dime to be guilty of that sin. Amen? And so God's not opposed to you being rich. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was so very rich, yet he became so very poor for your sake, that you through his poverty might be what? Might be made rich. Rich is not a dirty word. Rich is a godly word. So if I were you, I would say, whether I had a nickel in my pocket or not, whether I lived under a bridge or not, if I am in Christ Jesus, I am rich. Now say it with me real strong three times. I am rich. I am rich. I am rich. In Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? So the problem then is loving stuff More than loving people. Jesus said life doesn't consist of the abundance of things which he possesses. You know, clothing doesn't make the man or the woman. Your car doesn't make you. 
I mean, you can have a $100,000 car, but I'll guarantee you, it'll get dirty just like the $500 car does. Bottom line is this. You are still going to be you, whatever you wear, whatever you drive, and wherever you live. It's not going to make you somebody else. Oh, hallelujah. I could preach right now. You are already a somebody. It's not a question of you trying to attain status with God. You have already been lifted and raised and blessed in Him. Woo, glory to God. I'm not looking at a congregation of nobodies. I'm looking at a congregation of honored and preferred citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So things do not make you and me what we are. Now, some people imagine that it makes them something, but it doesn't. Now, look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world. Well, that's us, ain't it? That they be not high-minded or arrogant, nor trust in what? Come on now. In the natural realm, riches are uncertain. In the spirit realm, riches are a sure thing. But our trust is in the living God, who, if he's in a good mood, sometimes causes us to enjoy life. No, thank God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, notice these next phrases. That they do good, that they be rich where? In good works. Ready to distribute and willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. The message translation says it this way. He says, tell those rich in this world, in the world, tell those in this world's, uh, world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money. See, here's what Paul realized. Paul realized that one of the pitfalls of having wealth was the temptation to see oneself as superior to others. As superior to others. I'm here to tell you that no house or no thing has transforming power. A Lamborghini cannot change you. A Lamborghini cannot give you a good night's sleep. An eight-bedroom mansion, it can't hurt you. Unless you got your priorities wrong. But an eight-bedroom mansion can't give you a good night's sleep. There is no transforming power in relationships. Relationships that are godly are great and they're good. But the transforming power is in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The transforming power. That which has the ability to change you is found in this word. That's why he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformation. Change what Christ has done for you 
so wonderfully that's on the inside of you will show up on the outside of you as you cultivate your salvation and as you work it out through renewing your mind by the Word of God. You know, people, they search to find themselves. The only true place you can find yourself is in Jesus Christ. Receive Jesus and find out who you are in Him. Find out where you are in Him and what He's made you to be. I don't have to leave town to find out who I am. I'm telling you what's happening here at Heart of the Bay Christian Center. We are not going to be a bunch of don't know who we are's. Can I just prophesy to you just a moment? Let me prophesy. Your life is changing. Confusion is being cleared up. Darkness and blindness is coming off. Insecurities and fears are losing their power. Why? Because the truth is penetrating. And the truth is setting us free. Hallelujah. You are just as much in Christ with or without. Luke 12, 16. Let's look at this. Man, you guys listen so good. You know, we're making progress today. We're being changed. Verse 16 says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain man, rich brought, a certain rich man brought forth what? And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will bestow all my fruits and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, a little arrogant here, a little high-minded. Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Oh, let's eat. Let's drink. Let's be merry. It doesn't matter what's going on in the Middle East. Let's just eat and drink and be merry. It doesn't matter what's happening in this nation. Ah, just eat and drink and be merry. Who cares about the lost? I worked hard. I'm a self-made man. You're in trouble, Buster. That's right. That's right. Let's just eat. Let's just drink. Let's be merry. There's nothing wrong with eating and drinking and being merry, but it depends on what you're eating. Depends on what you're drinking. There's some good new wine to drink. And there's some joy in the Holy Ghost to be merry about. But this is not what that guy was talking about. I'm a self-made man. I've, I've worked all my life. I'm really something. Just want you to know. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to eat. We're going to drink. And we're just going to be so merry. Hmm. Let's see about that. Verse 20. But God said unto him, Oh, you're such a wonderful person. But God said to him, Look at this fool here. He said, Thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then, question mark, who shall these things be which thou hast provided? Read verse 21 with me. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. 
And here's the key right here. We want to be rich toward who? If we're only rich in money and stuff, we are not rich in God. Now, you know we believe in prosperity around here, don't you? I mean, we're really sitting in it. Amen? And, 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 and people that fight prosperity really are fighting vision. Because with a vision, there is a requirement of provision. And with provision, that means that every one of us lay hold of what Christ has purchased for us. And part of what he's purchased for us is redemption from lack. He doesn't want us walking around this life with lack in our lives. And there's a higher purpose for you to have money than just pay your PG&E bill and pay your rent and pay your mortgage. Are you listening to me? And so what I think we all need to do then as a church corporately is be believing God for one another. See, this is a community of faith and it's a community of believers. Now, if all we are is believers in head, but not in heart and believers in name, but not believers in action, we're just a bunch of religious, pharisaical people. So what we need to do as a church corporately is we need to be believing not only for the overall big picture and vision of the church, but we need to be believing for one another. We need to take our shield of faith, if you will, and lock it with those who are unemployed. I said we need to believe God for those that are unemployed to be employed. And for those that are employed to be promoted. And once we get to that place, then we can all bring our supply into the house of God and we can see a glorious increase in this place for the furtherance of the gospel. Oh, Jesus. Glory to God. Lord God, give them favor. Give them favor with their bosses. Give them favor. Lord God, where there's unemployment, we prophesy employment in the name of Jesus. We prophesy increase into your household. We prophesy favor upon your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that as we are increasing, we bring our supply into your place. And we thank you that in this house there is nothing but great grace and greater grace and greater grace for the race that you've set before us. Come on, somebody, get with me on this. Get with me on this. And then all of us, from pulpit to pew, from team leader to board member, all of us need then to keep our eyes not on one another, not on our job, but our eyes must be fixed upon Him. Come on, somebody. What does that mean? That means this. That yes, you work. Yes, you use your gifts. Yes, you do all those things. But when you really trust in God and not in trusting in uncertain riches nor trusting your job, you will see Him as the source of all increase. And what I'm saying is this. Your source has many channels that He can flow through. It's not just your job that He can bless you with. He has a million ways plus 
to see to it that you increase in your life. So here's the key. Every day, put your trust in him. On your way to work, you say, Lord, I'm going to do this as unto you. My job is not my source. You are my source. Thank you for this channel. But Lord, I take the limits off of you. I take the limits off of you. And I am believing God big. See, we all need to get this. Not just the pastors. Not just the team leaders. Not just the board members. We all need to grab hold of this. Because he wants to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that you can dare ask, hope, or think, according to the power that's working in you. Is his power working in you? Are you believing good, a good God for good things and big things? For your life? For your family? Oh, I'm telling you what. When we really function as a community of faith and we get the spirit of faith stronger and stronger in this place, there is no mountain that can stay in our way. There is no bill that cannot be paid. There is no city that cannot be taken. Hallelujah. Who will join me in faith? Who will believe God with me? See, the blessing of the Lord, it'll make you rich. The message says God's blessing makes life rich. And nothing we can do can improve on God. Have you found that out? Money is not the blessing. The house is not the blessing. Things are not the blessing. The blessing is something else. You could lose your car. You could lose your money. But you can keep the blessing. The blessing is forever. And by the way, what's a house unless Jesus moves in with you? (laughs) Come on. I mean, really, what's an automobile unless Jesus is riding next year? Hallelujah. I got my 15-year-old Cadillac today and Jesus rode shotgun. Glory to God. He's living on the inside of us. Listen, what's a family vacation without him? I like Disneyland, but you know, without him, it can turn into Disneyland. <laughs> Life without him, I might as well just go over to Wheelander Quist. That's what my dad used to say all the time. Wheelander Quist was a funeral home in Minneapolis. And my dad was a salesman for Park Davis. And he was a good salesman. He, he won several contests. The contests he'd won took him to Rome, took him to the Rose Bowl, took him to Mexico, took him all over the world, really. He was a great salesman. And, uh, but, you know, he'd have the University of Minnesota root. And he wore those old Allen Edmonds wingtips. Anybody ever seen <laughs> Allen Edmonds? <laughs> My dad used to tell me, he says, son, he says, you need to get yourself a pair of these Allen Edmonds. They are the best shoe around. I still got one in my closet. They're good shoes. But he'd come home bone-tired and weary and his feet sore, you know, from, from walking that route, University of Minnesota. And he'd look at us and he'd say, you know, I feel like tonight I'm ready for Wheelander Quist. In other words, I feel like I'm dying. Well, thank God he lived to be at old age and he didn't die. But you know what? Without him, you might as well just check out. Or better yet, get him. Receive him. 
find your purpose in life. Find it and fulfill it. Do the... Oh, glory to God. Let's do the will of God. Let's do the plan of God. Let's fulfill everything God's called us to do. Hallelujah. Say with me, I is rich. I am rich. And you are rich. Can you handle just a little bit more? Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter. Verse 10. Notice this. He that loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver. You can't fellowship with silver. Guys stay in their garage for hours on end trying to fellowship with an old muscle car. You can't fellowship with a tailor-made driver on the golf course. Nor he that loveth abundance with increase, this is also vanity. The message says this, The one who loves money is never satisfied with money, nor the one who loves wealth with big profits. And he goes on to say, more smoke. Just say, I don't love money. I don't serve money. I use money to serve people. See, everything in this life is going to liquefy. Peter says it this way. Let me read it to you. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Liquefy. Seeing then that all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons should we be in our manner of life and in godliness? We have not got much longer. We might as well start living right and living before God in a holy manner. Verse 12, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the Lord, wherein the heavens shall be on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we look for a new heavens and a new earth. Hallelujah. The best stuff is yet to come. I said the good stuff is, good, is, gonna, is on its way. Hallelujah. The best stuff is on its way. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth everyone that has right standing with God. Amen. Look at verse 14. Read it with me. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things... Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. Notice with me this phrase, seeing then that you look for such things. What are we looking for? We're looking for the coming of the Lord. Now last Sunday night, Brenda preached a masterpiece called Are You Safe? And she's going to do part two tonight. If you weren't here last Sunday night, make sure you download it. You can't be here tonight, make sure you download it. It is valuable information. But the anointing came upon her real strong during one part of the service where she was preaching on, Look up for your redemption. Look where? Not look down. Not look out. But we're looking unto Him. Because your redemption is getting closer and closer by the day. 
quickly back to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 11. It says, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them which they're with their eyes? The message says this. This is a little bit clear. The more loot you get, the more looters show up. I'm going to read that again. The more loot you get, the more looters show up. And what fun is that? I mean, to be robbed in broad daylight? Verse 12 in the, in the King James says, The sleep of a laboring man is sweet. That's powerful. Whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Many times rich people can't sleep because they're worried about losing everything they've got. They're, lo- they're worried about the looters showing up. The message says this in verse 12. Hard and honest work earns a good night's sleep. I like this. Whether supper is beans or steak, but a rich man's belly gives him insomnia. <laughs> now notice with me in verse 19 in the King James Version, this is the key right here. And I want us to read it together. Ready, read. Every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. What is this saying? Keep that up there. That is saying that we are to be content and thankful for the things that we have. We are to work hard. We are to keep our eyes on him. And when it's time to go to bed, it's a gift of God to be able to sleep. When it's time to wake up in the morning, it's a gift of God to wake up. When it's time to fellowship with your family and your friends and your local church, it's a gift of God. It's being rich in God. It's not striving to be rich. It's not striving to be somebody. We're already rich, and we are already somebody. Say it with me. In the presence of God, there is true fullness of joy. Pray this to me, Lord God, I enjoy your blessing with my family, with my friends, with my church. That's life. That's life. That's life. July 22nd, we'll be married 38 years. That's life. 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 A stress, listen. A stress-free life is the blessing of God. A stress-free life. Well, pastor, I can't live a stress-free life. Don't talk like that. You can be stress-free from the cares and anxieties of this age if you will simply put them in the hands of the one that is capable to take care of them. If I was able to do things, if I was able to bring them some things to pass, I'd have done it by now. How about you? I only know the one who can. And I'm not going to stress and I'm not going to worry about what hasn't happened yet, what I don't have yet. I'm going to rejoice in what I do have and what has happened. And I'm going to look to him with confidence and expectation that the rest is yet to come. Amen. Raise your hands and thank him right now. Oh, glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Dad Hagen always used to pray, it'll come to pass. 
It shall come to pass. I want you to close your eyes right now. And I want you to see in your own heart those things that have yet to come to pass. That healing. That loved one. Perhaps that promotion. That which is still in the spirit realm and is yet to manifest in the natural realm. I want you to look on the inside. And then with your hands raised and your eyes closed, let's all say it together. It shall all. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. At last. It shall all come to pass. It shall come to pass. The glory of the Lord shall manifest in my body. The glory of the Lord shall be seen in my family. The marriage shall be mended. The body shall be whole. The finances will come. It's coming to pass. It is coming to pass right now. I loose the angels. In the name of Jesus, go and cause that which I believe for to come to pass. Hallelujah. Say it with me. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming to pass. Hallelujah. It's coming to pass even now. Now, how would you act if that knocked on your door right now and you opened up the door and said, here I am. How would you act? Glory to God. Glory to God. How would you act? How would you act? How would you act? How would you act? How would you you praise them? How would you give thanksgiving then? How would you shout then? How would you dance then? How would you rejoice then? Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get yourself. Get yourself a place in your house. Call it Hallelujah Hallway. Call it Glory Way. Run up and down it. Rejoice in the Lord your God. Thank Him ahead of time. Before it's come to pass. And say it with me real strong. It shall come. It'll come to pass. It'll all come to pass. It shall come to pass at last. Woo, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to God. Well, I thought, someone said, it would have come to pass that way. But know this, that your master has got a better way. Your master's got a higher way. Your master's got a better way for you. So don't pout. And don't be sad about that which you thought should have been. But be glad in me, saith the Lord, that it wasn't. For I have saved my people from an innumerable things by my grace. Trust me, says the Lord. Don't be so quick to move. Put your faith and put your trust in me. And let me bring it to pass, says the Lord. Yea, commit your way unto me. Trust also in me, and I shall bring it to pass. Delight yourself in me, says the Lord, and I shall give you the desires of your heart. 
trust me and do good and rest in me and you shall see those things on the inside come to pass and you'll rejoice and be glad and you'll look and say oh the Lord has been so good to me hallelujah let's raise our hands Woo, glory to God oh ha ha the Lord will spare you the Lord will spare you he'll keep you from marrying the wrong one He'll keep you from moving to that city. The Lord will spare you. If you'll just take time to wait and not move so fast, you'll be in the blessing zone and the favor of God shall go before you. And it will cause all those things to come to pass at last. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Just laugh at the devil. If you have to fake it, fake it till you make it. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Woo, glory. Glory. Recovery, recovery, recovery and restoration, recovery and restoration. Oh, but Pastor Mark, I've made so many mistakes. Well, join the club. God's bigger. The blessing's bigger than your mistakes. The past is gone and should be forgotten. Yea, forgive that person and let them go. And in letting them go, you relief yourself, says the Lord. Oh, for the days ahead are bright. The things that I have in store for you are awesome. So rest in me. Do not be condemned. Do not be forlorn. But know that my hand is upon you for good. And I'm working and I'm working and I'm turning things around for you. So rejoice and be glad. Be no longer sad. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. But rejoice and be glad. Let's rejoice. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, but Pastor Mark, I thought this and I thought that. I'll tell you right now, my problem has been I've, I've been thinking too much. The Lord Holy Spirit spoke to me one day and said, Son, don't think things up, pray things out. <laughs> don't think things up, pray things out. For when you trust Him, you don't lean to your own understanding. And your understanding can be quick and bright, and you can be very sharp in the natural. But it's not the intellect in the natural that will see you through. It's getting and laying hold of the mind of Christ. To trust in me with all your heart. Don't lean to your education. Don't lean to what necessarily you, need, you know. But lean unto me, says the Lord. Lean on me. Lean on me. Lean on me. And acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. Put me up front. Put me at the top of all decisions. And then pray in the Spirit and get quiet. And I shall direct your paths. And it shall be well with thee. And it shall be well with you, those around you. And it shall be well with your finances. And it shall be well with your body. And it shall be well with your relatives. So rejoice and be glad. It's a great day to be alive. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lomonkea Sama. The Holy Spirit will cause you to be sure-footed. He's never call, called us to walk alone and to walk by ourselves. No, He's our commander-in-chief, and He said, The steps of a good man are ordered by me, says the Lord. 
So I go before you. I go with you. I am your rear regard. I go behind you. I'm all around you. And I'm on the inside of you. So rest and trust. It shall all be well. And I'll cause you to be sure-footed. And your steps will take you into a wealthy place. Your steps will take you into a rich place. Rich in God. Rich toward God. With the blessings of God coming upon thee and overtaking thee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you don't understand what's happening right now, but just raise your hands and let's just thank him for him speaking to us. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, my, my, my. My, my, my. My, my. Ha, ha. What could have been and what should have been can't even hold a candle for what will be and what shall be. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'd say the future's bright. I'd say the future's bright. Ha, ha, ha. So I think some laughing at the devil is required. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen, guys, find a place in your home where you can rejoice. Find a place in your home where you can dance. Find a place in your home where you can shout. I don't care if your hair's standing straight up and you still got your bathrobe on. It don't matter to God. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. <laughs> Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Shout and rejoice while the money is still on its way. Shout and rejoice because you can have what you say. Shout and rejoice and be happy in your God. And your God will move for you and through you and cause it all to come to pass. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We have affectionately called that part of our house Hallelujah Hallway. We have a two-level home over in Union City. We've got a hallway upstairs. And sometimes when things don't go our way, I'll just run down the hallway and go, Whoo, glory! Brenda will be in her office studying and she'll say, Yeah, that's right, glory! Shout while the walls are still up. Amen? Don't wait till the money comes. Don't wait till the relationship is mended. Don't wait till the promotion comes. Don't wait till the body lines up. Do it and do it now. And do it by faith and it will be well pleasing to your God. For without faith it's impossible to please Him. But he that cometh to God, we must believe that He is. And that, see, He rewards your faith and He rewards your rejoicing. Hallelujah. So what's the conclusion of the matter? The conclusion of the matter is this. Don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. Don't let the mighty man glory in his strength. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Don't do that. But him that glorieth, that's us. Let him that gets happy, that's us. Glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am God. For in these things, the Lord says, I delight. You know what life eternal is? Life eternal is this. 
that they might know thee, Jesus prayed, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, from whom thou hast sent. You see, we are known of him, and we know him. And when you know him, and you glory in him, and you know you're rich in him, you can't be held back by the things of this world, because he is the one who glorifies and lifts you up. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. Well, did you get anything this morning?